Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. This is the finale of The Essentials. I'm going to do my best to bang this up. It's a small time I have left. Thank you to my blessed, lovely, awesome, anointed, spirit-filled, sent from the heavens, gift from above, wifey, Susan Debers of Duny. She's looking at me with smiles on her face. <laughs> That's you, baby girl. I married a good thing. Hallelujah. Praise his name. So, yeah, man. Guys, huh? what a powerful service. Powerful session we're having right now. God is doing a lot of things. I encourage you guys, what we watch it, soak it in, write it down. Mark these moments, man. These are moments that we can cherish for the future that remind us of God's goodness and his faithfulness towards us. Now, I really believe that we're in an hour and if we're really going to take heed to what we think that God is saying to us, what we think God is saying to us, uh, the one thing I keep hearing is grow up. One thing I keep hearing is growth. You know, and discipline is the route to growth. There must be instructions in this hour. There must be correction in this hour. There must be training in this hour. And we see this in the homework I gave you guys two weeks ago in Hebrews chapter 12 from 5 to 13. I'm going to read it. And, and Paul, who I believe is a writer of Hebrews, is, 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 is expounding upon us not despising this season. Meaning it's easy for us in our finite minds to perceive these words in, of sacrifice and discipline, which, you know, in our culture have negative connotations for us to despise what God is doing in this hour. But I've come to announce to you today, despise not this season, this hour of discipline. Despise not the correction from the Lord. Despise not the training. Despise it not. Meaning that your attitude is as important to, as your will. If you are willing and obedient, if you despise not but do it well, you shall eat of the fat of the land. That's Isaiah 1 verses 19 or 18, I believe. Willingness, attitude, <laughs> and, sorry, uh, willingness, attitude, and obedience, action, doer. God looks at both. Man looks on the outward, what you look like. Man, God sees the heart. What is the attitude in this hour? Are you despising these words? Or have you become like a child that is open, humble, that is now ready to do whatever he has his master to do? So, I said, I believe in this hour, God is calling us as a corporate body to grow, to grow up. Discipline is the route, the pathway in which we now get to grow there must be instruction i'm saying it again so you guys can take notes there must be correction and there must be training despise not any of these things hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 to 13 and i'm reading it in the passion translation and have you forgotten the his his encouraging words his prophecies the word of exhortations, his reminders, his encouraging words spoken to you as his children. 
I'm reading it slow. I want to break it down slow. He is asking us, have you forgotten? Once again, forgetting a function of the mind. Encouraging words. He, what does, what, what, he, God's not trying to speak words to damn you. He's trying to encourage you. He's trying to exhort you. He's trying to edify you. What is prophecy? To edify, to exhort. Come on. To encourage the hearer. That is the heart of New Testament prophecy. And we knew, we know, sorry, as new covenant believers, we're not mere servants. We are children of God. So the person talking to us here is our father. And he says to us today, A.N.T., my child, don't underestimate the value. My good God, Susan, value of discipline and training of the Lord God or get depressed my goodness when he has to correct you don't let your emotions become the enemy of your growth don't let your false perception of who God is become the enemy of your growth don't allow your lack of value and premium and honor and your lack of submission to the word of God become your enemy of growth. Are you seeing it, people of God? The only thing that's going to deny us of what God wants for us is us. My child, don't underestimate. Not Satan, don't underestimate. My child, don't underestimate. My child, don't get depressed when I correct you. My child. Look how he's addressing us. My child. God is for us. And he's trying to give you wisdom, principle, instructions, guidance on how to navigate where you're at right now. He understands you might get depressed when he tells you no more chocolate for the rest of the year. He understands when he tells you to break up that girlfriend or boyfriend, you might get depressed. So God's not void of understanding how you feel. But there's a higher way. There is a better thing. There's him. He wants to show you that there's a new you in you that has to come out by way of discipline, by way of correction, by way of training. This is just the fifth verse, guys. The first verse. My good God. For the Lord, verse 6, for the Lord's training of your life, is the evidence of his faithful love. My goodness. The Lord's training of your life is the evidence. How do I know God loves me? Because he is training me. So if your Christian walk is void of training, it's void of instruction, it's void of, of, of discipline, it's void of correction, I have to question, are you really his? Is what he's actually saying here. The evidence that I am loved by God is that he does not allow, allow me to stay where I am. No, 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 no. He sees the, the new potential ayah and says, I've got to get this ayah that I've, that I've awakened through the spirit to pierce through the soul, to come out in the outer shell of the body. 
That new you's got to rise up and shine. But that new you's got to go through seasons of discipline and submission and growth. The Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. It's time to grow. It's time to grow. And as we grow, we become. And as we become, the world beholds the glory of the Lord in your life because you have now become a mature image bearer of who God is on the earth. I'm getting ahead of myself. Verse number six. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. The Lord delights in you. The Lord doesn't delight in the future you or the eternal or the one after when you get. Right here, right now. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. There's a song in the spirit. If you could just quiet out the noise where you will hear Abba singing over you. Rejoicing over you. Delighting in you. Hezebah is a chapter in Isaiah 6. The name means the delight of the Lord. The Lord delights in you. I'm focusing on these things because it's to the degree that you understand how God feels about you and sees you that will eventually affect how you relate with him and what you essentially become in life. We, where we're at right now is a reflection of what we think God thinks about us. And I'm trying to tell you right now that God says you're his delightful child. And I want what that word, that truth, to permeate your heart right now that God delights in me. He's not mad and angry and waiting to zap me. He delights in me. This has to motivate your obedience. This has to initiate you into understanding of his love. This has to prove to you that when he is training you, it's not because he's a harsh taskmaster. No, he is a faithful, loving father. He says, my child must grow. Hallelujah. Oh, this word is sweet in my spirit. Verse number seven. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For he is doing what any loving father does for his children. Who has ever heard of a child who has never been corrected? My goodness. God ain't doing nothing that we ain't seen done before. Sometimes we act like God is doing a special thing. He's doing a normal thing in a special way. That what he's doing with you in your Christian walk, you've already experienced it in your normal human living. And the Bible says, here, we all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of the authentic sonship. Hey, Yaba. We should all welcome, that's attitude. Welcome, that's attitude. He means open up. What's your posture like right now? What's your posture like right now? We should what? all welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. Did you know that he said in John 1 verse 12 that we have received the power of of God that we should become the children of God the power you want is locked up in God's discipline in your life 
The power to become sons and the validation of authentic sonship in your life is the welcoming of God's training, of God's discipline, of God's correction. Who has ever heard of a child that has never been corrected? No one. And if they had, that child is not their child. It's a stranger. I think some of our circles call it vagabonds and all that other stuff. Strangers. But if you're my child, I'm going to correct you. And that correction is not spy, it's love. <coughs> Look, for if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons. What did I just say? Guys, if you don't have the... <laughs> you have never once endured. Wow, this, this, is a, this is a really deep word, you know. Endured his correction. It only proves we are strangers and not sons. Other versions say legitimate children. <laughs> so, your sonship, your proof of validation of being a child of God, the mark of it, the validation of it, the authentication of it is that you have been disciplined. You have been corrected. You have been instructed. And you are doing these very things and actively living it out in your life for all to see. This, this ain't some hidden spiritual work. All of us will see the fruit of correction, the fruit of training, the fruit of discipline. Verse Chapter 9. And isn't it true that we respected our earthly fathers even though they corrected us and disciplined us? Then we should demonstrate on an even greater level, my goodness gracious me, on an even greater respect for God, our spiritual father, as we submit, my goodness, to his life-giving discipline. God's discipline gives you life. Zoe, the, the life of God is found in his discipline. It gives you, it is life giving. This discipline that we're going through, sacrifice we're going through, is not unto death. It's unto life. Life and life more abundantly is not void of discipline. It's not void of correction. It's not void of instruction. It's not void of, it is encompassing of it all. So God demands even greater levels of submission, of attention, of honour. Or when he corrects you, that you open up and receive it. You can receive your father's correction, how much more your heavenly father's correction. Mm -hmm. That's what he's doing here. He's trying to simplify what we make deep. Excuse me, you've been doing this with your earthly father. How much more me? Once again, attitude is being addressed here. Perception is being addressed here. Perspective is being addressed here. How much more God who made your daddy, who made you, how much more him, ruler, creator of all things, how much more? Check the posture of your hearts. Are you welcoming God's discipline into your life? Verse 10, 
our parents corrected us for a short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them. They did what was good in their own eyes in the area of discipline. But God corrects us throughout our lives for our own good, giving us an invitation to share in his holiness. Can you, are you guys understand something here? How I partake, how I become a part of the nature of who God actually is, is by way of correction, by way of instruction, by way of... The, can we see the root here, people? There's no other way. There is no other way. We are called disciples, disciplined learners. You have to get this a part of your life. You will not see prophecies fulfilled. You will not see promises made flesh. You will not see, you will not see anything that you think is great, that God has called great in your life, void of this thing called discipline. It's not going to happen. It's not going to fall from the sky. It requires the obedience of man. Right. It will, the Bible says, he that hears the word and does it shall be blessed in all he does. There is a blessing in the doing. The blessing is in the doing of what you heard. So I want to encourage you guys. This is, this is essential. Any area of the Bible we read where there was glorious things, it's because there were people who took heed to instruction. Ezekiel, as you said earlier, prophesied as he was commanded according to the word of the Lord. How, what instructions are you carrying out in this season? Are you carrying out any instructions? Are you even listening? Are you even submitting? Are you even open? Are you even welcoming God's opinion and thought and advice and counsel into your life? Because some of you may say, I don't know what God is saying. You need, to, you need to sit down. You need to crack up in that Bible. You need to set some time to hear from him. He wants to speak to you. He wants to give you instruction. He wants to show you this way. He wants to give you a new level of discipline to get the best out of you. Come on, people of God. We went to school for almost half our lives for where we are right now. It may seem pointless then, but there's times in life where we realise what we learnt in those childhood years. We're reaping fruits of it now in different, diverse ways. You write every day. You, you, you talk every day. Come on. You, well, those of us, some of us count money every day. You need any, all those things that seem minimal and small and whatever. We're doing it every day. You are not where you are. Void of correction. Void of training. Void of discipline. How much more God? How much more things of the Spirit? Don't become a sugar kitchen that, that wants God to give them sweets all the time. Become a mature son. He knows how to manufacture the sweets. Come on, man. Become somebody that's able to partner with God to create something. Come on. There is more to you. There is so much more. Move beyond gimme, gimme, gimme. Move beyond us, us, us. Get into a posture of seeking. Get into a posture where you now knock on doors. Because you know the word of the Lord and you know what is yours and you're going for it according to what God has revealed to you. Verse chapter 11. Now all discipline seems to be more pain than pleasure at the time. Mm. Like, the Bible is so real. Mm. He's un he understands that discipline right now, Ayo, may be painful. You know why it's painful? God comes into our lives and shatters the whole thing. Mm -hmm. 
something you've been lead for years you come and tell you that it's a lie that's painful that's traumatic actually if I'm correct sweetheart Something you believe for 20 years and God comes and says, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sledgehammer, like, boom, like, what do you mean, Lord? And sometimes the pain is even infusible because we've loved our dysfunction. We've loved what is wrong about us. We've loved what was normal to us. Now God's saying that's not right. Therefore, the separation, the sanctification, the, the transition, it becomes painful because we're tearing away from something that we once valued for something that God has said is good for us. It's painful. Fasting is not joyful. It's painful. Imagine God said, no, don't eat meat for a year. It's painful. Come on. It's painful. It's painful. God understands. Once again, he's, look at him. He's relating with us. All discipline seems to be more pain than pleasure at the time. Yet later, my goodness, it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. My goodness. What is the goal of you enduring discipline, yielding? Enduring the pain? Keep on saying yes. Worshipping him in the midst of the time when you don't want to do the worship. Come on, people of God. It's, it's going beyond the basics and going beyond the will of what you want to do and say, not my will, but your will be done. Yeah. It produces a transformation of character. Yeah. It brings a harvest of righteousness. Your discipline is seeds. That by way of yielding and submission and endurance becomes harvest. Today's seed, today's discipline, come on, is tomorrow's harvest. Today's sacrifice is tomorrow's riches. Come on, bro. Come on. Anybody excellent, anybody great went through seasons of darkness of the life, of vigorous training, vigorous training, vi cycles of failure, all of it, correction, trying again, getting up, falling down, getting up. That which we see which is wonderful now, went through seasons of growth. Painful moments. Come on, man. This light that we see right now, what, what, what was the statistic? I think he failed ten thousands of times, but he kept on going. Today we are enjoying it everywhere we go. Your success, your fruit, the glory that God has put upon you—it requires your discipline. It requires your sacrifice. It requires your yielding, your enduring. Come on, people of God. And we're doing this all based on the word that endures forever. God's got us. The word's got us. The word is If we can hold on to the word, we can know that we can endure to the end. It's an anchor. The Bible says it's an anchor for the soul. It keeps us grounded. We have an expected end. God's already won the victory. Come on, people of God. That has to be your reminder. We're not trusting in some sort of process. No, no, no. We're trusting in God of the process. The process ends and starts in him. And he's in you. Working in you. Working in you. Working in you. Working in you. Yield to the workings of God. 
Though it may seem painful, yield to it. It will produce a transformation of character and it will yield a harvest of righteousness mm -hmm. and peace. Come on. What's the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. God is producing kingdom in you by way of discipline and correction. And this kingdom is what the world needs to see to experience who God is. Verse 12. So be made strong even in your weaknesses. Weakness, sorry. By lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship. And strengthening your weak knees. For as you keep walking forward on God's path. My good God. Look at this word. All your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. Are we hearing the word of God today? I know about you. I'm encouraged. Stumbling ways, baby. Stumbling ways, baby. Some of you may stumble tomorrow. Keep going. You may stumble next week. I said, keep going. He says, for as you keep walking forward on God's path, <laughs> all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. Can you? Are you hearing God? He's committed to you. He's committed to you. His path has a final say. You shall be divinely healed as you yield, as you keep walking forward. And even though you stumble walking forward, even though you faint walking forward, even if you fall, fat on your faith walking forward. Did you know that a righteous man falls down seven times? A righteous man, a righteous man, hear the contradiction. A righteous man falls down seven times. But he gets up again. A righteous man falls down seven times. Perfection is a complete failure. Completely fails. But he gets back up again. Number eight, a new beginning. Are you hearing God? There is newness in getting up. There is newness in rising up. There is a newness in when you choose to not stay where you have fallen. To not stay in sin. But to arise to the new standard of righteousness that God has given to you that can produce something new in your life. A righteous man falls down seven times, but he gets up again. Number eight. And I'm declaring a new you is being formed as you get up from the floor. The Bible says in John 5 to the man that was by the poor Bethesda for 38 years. Jesus asked him a question. Does thou want to be made whole? Arise. Pick up your mat. And walk. Can I just declare to some people today? Can you arise? Pick up that place wherever you're from. And walk. 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 Right now. You can walk out of what mess it in. Right now, he was there for 30 years and a moment of encounter with the word of God who is made flesh in Jesus spoke to him, asked him a question. Now I'm asking you a question. Do you want to be made whole? If you do, get up. Rise. Pick up your mat and walk. Guys, God will heal your stumbling ways. God will fine-tune the areas of your life that are not right. Don't focus on what's wrong. Focus on what's good. Mm. On who is good. His name is Jesus. Yeah. He's the author and he is the perfecter of your faith. Mm. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. 
as you fix your eyes on Jesus, he writes and he perfects your faith. The Bible tells me without faith is impossible to please God. So where you are living a life of fertility, trying to please God in your own strength and you keep failing and you, and you, and you keep getting depressed, is because you for, forgot that he's the one that writes your faith. You, you, you're looking to yourself and then looking to him. And as you look to him, God writes author and perfecter of your faith. He writes the very thing into your life. He perfects the very thing in your life that you need to please God. When you read Hebrews 11, those men that are the great men of our faith, did some madnesses in their life, but God remembers them according to their faith. Can I, is there a word in there? That when God comes to remember you, he is not counting your sins. But he's, he's actually bringing into remembrance your faith in him. This is the scandal of grace. <laughs> this is why it's so wonderful that when he sees me, he's not focused on what is wrong in me. Ha. 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 No, he is not. When, I'm, when he sees me, he sees his son. He is forming a new ayah. And he's committed to that ayah. And yes, he will judge what is wrong in my life by way of mercy, by way of forgiveness, by way of correction, by way of discipline. But he is committed to seeing what he has seeded in me through his son. My good God. Hallelujah. Your stumbling ways will be divinely healed as you keep on walking forward. Walking for forward. Don't look back. Forget the former things. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. When you rise up from your falling, God is doing something new in you, right here, right, right now. Right now. And I'm declaring you will have eyes to see it, a heart to receive it, and a life that will live it out. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to end in a moment, hallelujah, yes Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you Father. All of your stumbling ways, all of your stumbling ways will be, not can be, but will be divinely healed in Jesus name. When you guys write on the, on the scripture, I'm going to zoom through this. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Discipline ensures that you do not become disqualified from the fruits of what you preach. Discipline ensures that you do not become disqualified from the fruits of what you preach. And in this scripture, he and Paul compares our walk as a race. He compares it to athletes. And he says... A true athlete will keep, will, will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel ref that will quickly wither. But we run a race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For that reason, I don't just run for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches. What we are doing today, what we're doing right now, is not, is not is, is, it, it has sense, it has meaning, it has weight. Your response right now is not aimless. 
There is a power in receiving the words I'm speaking to you right now. Verse 27, but I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. Did you hear the depth of the statement? Paul had to be like, fam, I've got to keep on, on top preaching what I practice. Preaching what I practice. Preaching what I practice. Lest I become disqualified because I preach a good word but failed in the area of self-control to abide by that same word. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 For God has not given you a spirit of fear but power, love and a sound mind. Another vision says For God has not given us a spirit of timidity but of power, love and discipline. ESV says For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power of love and self-control these three words are interchangeably used because as you go into the greek and hebrew this word sound mind this word discipline and control all of it adheres to the same things where we're seeing that the process of actually becoming disciplined is birthed out of a sober sound mind let me break it down for you guys let's take a football for an example a footballer has to first to have to become skilled at football has to first conceive this in his mind he's got to believe that he can do this then through discipline instruction and training he gets to a place of mastery in where he can now control the ball all of it's first started as a thought of the mind and he had to have good mental soundness of mind to keep going to keep training and eventually become skillful the same thing applies to us our transformation does not come by what we do but by the way we think mm. are you hearing me today guys your transformation does not come by way of what you do but by the way you think your thinking informs your doing. Be ye transformed for the renewal of your mind. Now I want to declare that we, God in his graciousness, actually gave us the Holy Spirit. This is why being a Christian is blessed. He's given us power. He's given us love. He's given us self-discipline by way of his spirit. We are not void, people of God, of exemption of being a, a species of people who excel in the area of discipline. He's given us his spirit. He's given us his spirit. Paul says, I can do all things. The key part in that statement is that Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Recognize he understood his ability to do all things, not of himself, but because of Christ who gives him the ability to do all things. And I said, you know what's powerful about this thing? Is that we didn't, we didn't necessarily see all the things, but we heard what he said. Do you understand, people of God? Why am I echoing this? Because your mind is, is a place of speech and conversation. What are you saying to yourself? What are you confessing? What are you believing about yourself? Are you taking what God has said and maintaining it upon it day and night? Has that become your confession? What did you say earlier? 
I believe, therefore I speak. But one of the ways that they teach us that we stay disciplined is by, is, is by what we say to ourselves. Speak the word of life. Speak God's word. Believe it. And be ye disciplined in seeing it come to flesh in your life. This is the discipline of devotion. This is what Psalms 1 is all about. This is what Susan would say earlier about being a tree. It's a process, guys. It's a process, guys, that requires you to welcome God's word. That requires you to be open to repentance, which basically means to turn, to change the way you think, which means that you have to get to a place of humility where you've got to be open that, you know what? I might be wrong. You know what? Romans 3 says, all men are liars, but let God be true. God's got something to say. Are you going to listen to it? Are you going to take heed to it? Are you going to do it? I'm going to end in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Because at the bedrock of all that we're saying here is the discipline of devotion. Through everything I said, you would hear a constant theme. The constant theme was that you had to look to Jesus. The constant theme here was that I could do all things through Christ. <laughs> the constant theme here was that God is at work in us. The constant theme here was that God is trying to make us. The constant theme in all that I'm saying is that discipline is not a work of the flesh. It's not, it's not a human effort. No, no, no. It is to the degree that you are united with him. It is union. It is I in him and him in me. It's my ability to bend my will. Come on, people of God. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2. But his, once again, the word delight, attitude. Woo! His delight. His excitement, his enthusiasm is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates. Then, did you see what he said? They use the word in, not on. Don't just read the word. Let the word read you. Don't just open the Bible. Let the Bible wrap around you. The Bible talks about how we've, how we've been enclosed with Christ. Christ is the word. Come on, people of God. In the law, he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that meditates, sorry, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does shall prosper. Verse 1 deals with your company and your environment. In order to grow, you must be around the right thing. Verse 2 talks about the art of devotion. He talks about what are you giving yourself to day and night. And verse 3 gives us the results of one who deals with their environment and their company and one that chooses the art of devotion and says you will be like a tree. And you will bear your fruit in its season. And you will prosper in everything you do. You know what? That translation says in a season should be in every season of your life. You can actually bear fruit. Your company, your environment is that you are in him. 
Your devotion is that you're listening and soaking and confessing every word he says to you. And your result is a life transformed. A life transformed. A life transformed. A new creation. All things are becoming new. In every season, you are bearing fruit because you are able to abide in him. Ah, you are able to, to recognize that you are in him and, and in him I can do all things. You're, you're recognizing that, that, that there's, some, there's someone with you that's in you that is able, that is able, that is willing. The Bible says that he is able to keep us from falling. Come on. He is committed to your process, people. So I want, to, I want to remind you guys, it's not on you. Everything I'm screaming about today, it's not even on you. It's on him. Will you rest in him today? Will you be devoted to him today? Will you have a, not a prayer time, but a prayer life with him today? Will you in constantly engage in speaking with him? Recognize the process of a tree starts as a seed and it requires light and it requires water for it to grow. Is Jesus not the light? And is the Holy Spirit not the water? And have we not been born again through the imperishable seed, which is the word of God? Can I tell you something? You can't return to God's word. As he has spoken, so shall it be. Can you yield today, people of God? Can you be a seed that receives the light of Christ, that receives the water of the Spirit, and can you grow? Can you flourish? Can you bear your fruit in every season? Can whatever you put your hands to begin to prosper? Begin to prosper. Begin to prosper. Begin to submit to the process of light and water. Come on, people of God. Discipleship always starts with denying yourself. The only thing that is stopping the fruit of what we're talking about right now is you. And if you can choose to yield, if you could change your attitude, if you could welcome God's discipline into your life, if you could submit, if you could be humble, watch what God will do in and through. If you could just keep on walking forward, if you can keep on fixing your eyes on him. He is the author and perfecter of your faith. Hallelujah. Now I'm just declaring as Jesus declared over Peter. Follow me and I will make you. The transformation people of God is in the following. It's in the, it's, it's in the keep on walking. When you keep on doing something, you keep on walking, God is doing something. He's working, he's forming, and he's making you into that new you that's inside in seed form. So I bless you with this word today. Discipline is essential. Hallelujah. Discipline is essential. Discipline is essential. Welcome it. Enjoy it. And reap the benefits of it in the holy and anointed name of Jesus Christ, I have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah.